Hey guys, this is Future Tari here. Uh, it seems that there might be a little bit of construction going on next door, so you might hear a few noises in the background, but hopefully it doesn't disrupt your listening experience. Thank you, and enjoy the show. All right, we are rolling now. Ooh. I'm going to count us down. Ooh, I like that. Three. Sweet. Two. Sweet numbers. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. And today we're joined by EQ. Yeah, yeah. what up, what up, what up, what up. Yo, what up? Yo, yo. EQ. Uh, 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 yeah, EQ. Okay. Oh, oh shit, freestyle. Equalizing that audio thing. Bounce. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Good, yeah. good vibes. Um, I would say that that's probably one of my favorite intros that we've done so far. Nice. That's the new theme for the show. Yeah. Wow. I was a part of it, yo. <laughs> I, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here, guys. Thank you for the invite. No, we're glad to have you. Yes. Um, so, for those who don't know, EQ is part of the People's Collective. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, we had our friend Malik in, and uh, he was like, yo, 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 you got to get EQ in here. Hey. He knows his shit. And so we did. I'm um, here. And so this is People's Collective. Pars de. Um, it's classy. It's classy because <laughs> that's how you say it in French. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, just, that just automatically reminds me of Hot Shots. Like, are you guys, come yes. on, you got to be familiar with Hot Shots, right? Come on, Charlie Sheen. I, I'm not. But the, I mean, oh. this show is predicated on the fact that I don't know a lot of things. Oh, okay. Well, you're missing <laughs> out on Charlie Sheen's Hot Shots. Great movie series. When, uh, the next time we have you on, it'll be a show dedicated to the Hot Shots duology. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We should just have a whole movie one. Like, I can go ham on movies. There's, there's only a few things in this life that I know. It's uh, cannabis. And this is, no, this is no specific order, but uh, cannabis, music, uh, any type of audio, women, movies, and cartoons. Yeah, that's okay. a little longer list than I, I thought, but like, yeah, that's about five. I mean, but it's a good list. Pretty that, well rounded, yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah. That's what yeah. I know. Anything else? Eh, I'm not really down for it. <laughs> well, well, if you're listening and you don't know, Tari, what do we do here? Uh, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, TV, music spoken word, books, different experiences. We introduce it to each other. We introduce it to you, the audience. And we hope that it builds you as it has built us. We are the retrospective that is introspective. It never gets old. Man, Hell no, it does That don't. sounds amazing. <laughs> it's a good show. You, you, you caught me. You, I you, would, you, yeah, I bought into it just now. I would <laughs> listen to yeah. that show. I like to imagine that before you were like, I don't want to do this shit. And then as soon as I said it, you were like, nope, I'm sold. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, once the homies were on uh, Malik and then Matt, you know, I was just like, oh, yeah, for sure. There's something I got to do. Yeah, bro. I got to do, you know, <laughs> share the vibes, share the vibes. Oh, yeah. My goal is to get as many black people in here during Black History Month as I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. a good goal. That's yeah. a good goal. You know, you know, pl play your part, you right. know, contribute where you can. Exactly. <laughs> uh, like Even though every... Me. Now, you know, we're talking about this, me and the homies, is like Black History Month itself is kind of like, it's weird to a black person who actually is proud of where they come from, because it's like, yeah, um, I think about that every day. Right. Uh, 
the contributions of not only myself but the people before me like this is kind of weird that we single it out no, but it's you not know. for us it's it's exactly. for white people so that they can be like okay now i can sit down it's like when you have that book you've always wanted to read yeah. and you're like oh man i should really get to it but like it's never on the top of my list <laughs> Uh, and then, but Black History Month is like, look, motherfucker, you're going to sit down, you're going to read this book, you're going to finish it in three days. Learn, got 28, it. actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's what Black History is. Are you learning a lot, Lex? Uh, that's how I think about it. Yeah, as you should. Yeah. He's like, agree. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, we do this thing called the pitch where our guest or one of us who was ever introducing the thing, um, gives a little short synopsis about what they're here to talk about, why they're excited about it. So uh, give us the pitch. What are you here for? Well, I mean, basically, when I was asked to come on the show, you know, uh, Lex reached out and was like, what do you want to talk about? And I'm, I'm like, all right, well, there's plenty of things to talk about. But one of the things that uh, identifies closely with me uh, and helps me just through my daily life is the link between creativity and happiness. Okay. Um, you know, you could talk about all the cool things that happen in these industries and stuff, but I think when it comes down to the bare bottom, it's our creativity and everyone that is the only way to true happiness, you know? Um, I think everything else fails <laughs> and it's not worth it. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, what's your what's your background? Like, did you start? I know you're so, part of the People's Collective. I know you're doing creative yeah. stuff now, but was that always your path? Yeah. Well, so when I was younger, I started off as a visual artist, like as far back as I can remember, like the oldest story of me doing art um, would have to be my mom said she came into a room and uh, uh, Transformers, the old cartoon was on. And this is before like listen, TV used to babysit me. Okay. So mm -hmm. like yeah, my parents weren't really around at all. You know, my father was in prison and it was just like me and my mom and she was working and stuff. So when she came in, she said she saw me drawing the transformers and they looked like they did on screen. She was like, I was like three or four, but it looked fucking amazing is what she said. So then I just kept going and I was like a crazy visual artist in Philadelphia. I grew up in Philly, Philly, PA, uptown, anything from Germantown. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Mount Airy. Shout out out Alan e, you know what I'm saying shout out North Philly you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah gotta throw that in there but I can hear so, them shouting back yeah they're shouting back for yeah. sure so you know I got a lot of scholarships through like visual arts and man that was just my life for a whole while and then uh at 15 I found music started producing then from producing I went to audio engineering and that took me everywhere like working in some of the top studios in New York Philly DC Maryland like all over mm -hmm. and then that drove me here and then from here uh it's a lot it's a very long story man i mean but, but that's what we're here for for sure we're here for, for sure. the yummy details the, the, yum, the num, gummy num, details num. so if you <laughs> if you want to get real dirty with it no, hell like, yeah let's let's get real deep so deep wise i have five children okay. i have four different uh, mothers for these children how old and uh from 14 all the way down to nine okay so it's a lot of them crazy little guys running around two girls three boys shout out to all of them yeah but um 
you know, having that pushed me to want a little bit more than just the normal. You know, I, I couldn't just be satisfied with the uh, mediocrity that, you know, life and society tries to put on you, you know? Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure to provide for a lot. So, yeah. And you, you know, got to set a good example. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing, honestly, that and I've thought about this throughout this journey is like, if anything, the one thing I leave them with is that you have to follow your dream. Like, I don't care if I leave them money. I don't care if I leave them anything. But that if you have something that you love and that you strive for, then that's the only fucking thing that matters. Point yeah. blank. Point blank. So. <laughs> Did you always grow up thinking that that was a possibility? Like, I know that, I mean, I, I won't speak for anyone else in this room, but like, I feel like for me, I always grew up like I also was like raised by TV, always just like watching things and, and stuff like that. But I always felt like it was never like a practical route. Like even when I was a kid, I was like, you know what? I will be a psychiatrist and then use that money to do something creative. Yeah. Um, did you always feel like this was the only route for you? Or did you always feel like you could <sighs> derive uh, a, a, like a meaningful uh, existence from it? Well, it's crazy because like growing up in Philly, like Philly is a super talented city and it's like it's super hard to make it there and to make something of yourself. Yeah. Um, so it builds up that that hustle and that, you know, you, you really you're really in the streets with it. You know what I mean? And uh, it's almost like you're risking your life. You know what I'm saying? To do your creative like path. But I mean, from a kid, like I was always told you know, you're going to grow up and be a starving artist. Like no one makes money drawing or painting pictures anymore. And like, I still remember to this day, right? And this is, this will never leave me. I remember seeing a computer. Do you remember that show? Uh, what was it? Reboot? Yeah. You remember yep. the show Reboot? Reboot yep, yep. blew my fucking mind when I was a kid. And I was like, you know what? I was already drawing. I was painting. I was getting a lot of love with that. And I was like, you know, I want to be a computer animator. Like, that's what I want to do. And computers were not big. Like, it was not the thing that people were going to, you right. know. And I told my parents. And then my parents were just being like, that's not going to be a thing. Like, you're going to fail. Like, you're going to be poor. Like, that's not going to happen for you. Like, stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, growing up in a community that's full of, you know, crime and you know, not a forward mind thinking type of like environment. No one is kind of like telling you, you can do that mm -hmm. or you're not seeing that that could be the result. You know what I mean? Like people where I'm from are like 45 retiring, not retiring, living a hateful, depressed life, working at fucking Walmart yeah, or something. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are they going to tell you about your creative path and what, you could achieve like, right the yeah. fuck? You so know I mean? starting with visual design what did you feel when you were younger what did you feel that you were getting from it that you hadn't found previously you know what was it doing for you that you felt man. drawn to it and stuck to it it's creating life man like that's the thing about that's why i say creativity is so it's powerful not only is it linked to happiness it's linked to it's linked to like a cosmic spirituality, that, like a connection that we have with the universe. Like we're actually creating. Like when you draw something, you are actually creating a world. Mm -hmm. Like you are creating something that is in your mind. Like 
science has gotten so far, right? But they can't yet pinpoint that little thing in our mind that makes us creative, that makes us think to be able to design things that can do other things for us. Mm -hmm. Like we are the only things that can do that. That's special. You feel me? Yeah. So I felt like when I was a visual artist, I was like escaping my reality by like drawing another if that makes sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like there were certain times in my life where like no one was around, like, or people were around, but it was the wrong fucking people. And I'm in a room with just a mattress and nothing but a sketchbook and a pencil and a mattress. Like that's the type of shit that kept me alive. You know what I mean? Like sane, sort of sane. (laughs) (laughs) I don't claim to be sane, sort of sane. I mean, there are studies that say like they're, creativity requires a little bit of mental oh for sure and like the mental that is so true but it's what people perceive as mental illness because you can go deeper than like what people think is adhd what people think are some of these psychological disorders is actually just that person being on a whole another level of creativity and not giving a fuck about what you say they should give a fuck about right you know Mm -hmm. what i mean we're all different man yeah like, was there ever a moment for you that, like, you realized that you could affect, like, you really saw the effect that being creative had on you and it, like, changed your perspective? I don't, I don't know that there was a specific moment. I remember being a kid and also being raised on TV. My parents were around, but they weren't around around. And I don't want to. I don't want to disparage my folks because they've made wonderful strides in the years since. They're they're delightful people. <laughs> but but I was left alone a lot. And so I found that same solace in these other worlds that I could step into. And then I ended up t- trying to take bits of those other realities out of that reality and into my own. Right. So when I was a little kid, if I was really into, a, say, a show, I would make... Uh, I'd go onto the internet and I'd find descriptions of a bunch of characters or, or, you know, settings, vehicles, whatever. And I would compile my own little like encyclopedias, you know, or, or visual dictionaries for myself just to have them. And I gradually came to realize that what I was doing is I was, I was so attached to these other realities that I was trying as best I could to make them real for myself. And that, it revealed something to me about the power of those realities. Right. And if I could be affected this way, how amazing would it be if I could take the way I was affected by the stories that I absorbed growing up and affect other people the same way, you know, because I realized how much solace they provided for me. Yeah. You could go somewhere and you could feel, especially if you felt outcast, you felt yeah. alone, you could go somewhere where you felt a little bit more accepted, a yeah. little bit safer. Uh, ideally, you know, sometimes a little bit more heroic or powerful yeah. or strong. Do you know that like uh, there's a, uh, a economic link to the success of the film industry during times of economic depression? Very much so. so. Economic depression in a certain re- like well, in America has results in more moviegoers because more people want to escape their reality and to be able to provide that for people, I think is. That's something special, man. Like we all have these links to songs or movies or TV shows or books or comics that like, like I was, I was talking to somebody the other day, like we've all had this moment. So it's not like a prideful thing as a man to talk about, but like you ever hear a song and you want to fucking cry? Oh yeah. 
like, every day. Like, <laughs> I know, but like, this is real. Like, as a grown man, you know what I'm saying? I've seen the toughest men cry from hearing a meaningful, meaningful song that is attached to a memory, a moment in your life. Right. It's a timestamp. That's powerful. It is. And to offer people that cathartic moment, which can be incredibly healing. Or alternatively, you go to see a story, say like, you know, uh, superhero movies are are all the rage right now. You can go and you can project yourself onto those heroic characters. For sure. And even though you know it's all pretend, you can walk out of that theater feeling just a little bit more hopeful than you were a second ago. Bro, there was something awesome that I saw, and I I wish I could remember the uh, specific comic um, artist's name. But I think I YouTubed like uh, Best Comic Artist. Um, in history, right? And it was this one guy, can't remember his fucking name, but he said, what else or or where else have you learned your morals from? Think about it. From a child, we all learn our morals from superheroes, mm-hmm. from that Superman loving Lois Lane, from that standing up for what's right and true and just and not stealing, not murdering. These are all things that your first memory could be linked to you sitting down and watching a fucking cartoon. Right. Like that's crazy, man. Like on some real, like where I come from, man. And like what has happened in my life, I should be a completely different person, but like a crazy person. And like, I've done, I've done some things. Like I've been to jail, so like I know what's real. But like what has kept me out of like the dirt and being in prison is cartoons and comics and like, you know, that hero life, man. Right. Like, and this saves you. I, I've felt for a very long time that the stories we tell each other and the stories we tell ourselves, with the exception of human life itself, yeah, I think or life itself broadly speaking, is the most important thing that there is is right and i think that maybe is what drew all of us to it in the first place is the idea that we can be affected by it and we can pass along that feeling to other people and we can we can help shape a couple hours maybe of their lives in a way that is uh, positive that offers them a moment of catharsis in one direction or another and hopefully makes them feel a little bit better about being in the world as it exists you know because things aren't super great most of the time for sure so giving them a little piece of something they can hold on to even if it's only something fun that all, nothing but pure escapism even if right. that's all it is see but you know i even take it deeper right because like people always think when i say uh creativity that i'm just speaking on music or uh paintings or visuals or you know videos and stuff like that no i'm talking about being creative in life as well like uh, a carpenter, a man who grows up and a, a or woman, whoever grows up and they love building things and they love carving wood. They should just concentrate on being the best fucking carpenter in the world mm-hmm. and they would reach true happiness and they would create things that would give people happiness. Yep. The best goddamn furniture that would sit up in your house and you would look at that shit and be like, Damn, every person who come to your house would be like, damn, look at that armor, bro. Do you see that wardrobe right there? Like, that shit is crazy. Who who did that? And your name would be spoken. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, these are things that c- kind of have been lost, man. Like, who the fuck <laughs> makes furniture anymore? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a... Um, I Like, craftsmanship specifically. And, and this idea 
uh, we were talking about communism, not communism, capitalism. Uh, we were talking about <laughs> communism. Like, and as, capitalism. We, as we were like, to do, this turned right real quick. Uh, no, well, we were talking about capitalism yeah. uh, not too long ago. And the idea that, like, the more we live in a capitalist society, the less uh, emphasis there is on quality and more in terms of just, like, the ability to create so many things so that people can uh, consume it, which makes your money. Right. Um, so a lot of the the uh, craftsmanship and the time and attention gets lost in that. So, like, when you... So, like, let's say Japan, for example, uh, they're there is a lot more emphasis on the craftsmanship of things that are made. So someone might make one chair, for example, right. uh, over the course of a year, but that chair will be worth thousands of dollars because sure. of the amount of detail and, and just uh, attention that was put into every right. single carving scrape. Um, and even the, the, the nicks and the imperfections are seen as something that gives it more value. Oh yeah, for sure. Because of the amount of attention that it was given. Right. And I think that that's an amazing thing because that applies to, as everything. you were saying, it applies to everything. Right, right. Um, because of the way that we, because we were talking about earlier, just the idea of escapism, but also what being creative does to you on an intellectual level, sure. on a an emotional level, in that it helps you process all of these feelings and all of these um, the things that you've gone through yeah. and helps you essentially share that. And as you were saying, Lex, it helps other people know that they are not alone in mm -hmm. feeling those For things sure. because you're able to express Right. That. When you hear a song, like that's why I think uh, hip hop is, you know, so important. Like, you know, when it's presented in the, <laughs> in the right form, you know what I mean? It's so important because these stories are the stories of uh, the hardest lives, that there is in, in America and like the truest form of what it is to be a product of America. So I feel like hip hop is very important when it's presented, right. Um, you know, to be fed, but when it's misused, <laughs> if it paints the wrong picture and it, you know, kills generations. Like, uh, I mean, what, what we're seeing now right now is like, you know, a change. And, and that's why I said it's important for people to follow their dreams and what they love. Like that very carpenter, right? Like, yeah, you might want to carve a table and you might want to make a furniture, right? But say that doesn't work. See, like what people have to understand, too, about this creative lane is like usually you start off as one thing. Mm -hmm. Usually you, you, get, you got a dream or a goal or you just feel like, yeah, I need to get this energy out somehow. So you start doing something. But that's going to change. It's going to evolve as you evolve. You feel me? Like, um, I have a friend who's a boxer, right? Mm -hmm. And he just had, you know, a few heart attacks, you know what I'm saying? And he can't box anymore. And he was like heart like almost like depressed, suicidal type of thing. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when it's, I had to bring to his attention, like, bro, well, maybe you can train. Maybe you can open your own gym. Maybe you can help be, make the next champion. You feel what I'm saying? Like your dream doesn't end by just one roadblock or mm -hmm. one setback or one fuck up in your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not an easier life. I'm not saying like no. the creative, you know, but some people think that like, oh man, you're saying like, if I just do what I love, then it's going to be easy and I'm going to be happy. No motherfucker. Like you might be on the, like I lived on the streets. Like that might happen to you yeah. following your dreams. Like, but it's a better outcome. <laughs> right. Well, right. so talking about these pivots, what took you from visual artistry to, say, audio engineering? 
Um, well, when I was 15, I met uh, my, one of my best friends. We've been best friends for 20 years. We realized that me and my homie Greg Silver have been best friends for 20 fucking years since we were 15. It's fucking crazy. But um, I met him at William Penn High School, which is torn down. It's not there in Philly no more. Shout out William Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, class 2002. Yeah, that long ago. Um yeah, we met, and then someone gave us a program. His older brother one time, right? We're in a room, and we're watching Rap City, The Basement. We're watching fucking hip-hop videos and interviews and shit. We're just, like, mesmerized by it. Because this is, like, the height of fucking hip-hop. Like, this is crazy year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was 98. That was, like, Rockefeller and, you know what I'm saying, Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. And everyone was on their shit. Eminem, it was crazy. So his older brother came in a room one time. I was like, yo. Somebody at work gave us this CD, and they said you can make music from, like, this program on this computer. Like, here, you guys want this? And it was Fruity Loops 1, and they're on, like, Fruity Loops, like, 11 or some shit right now. So that, that'll that tell you. But from that day on, like, our lives were changed. We started producing music, and then recording music was because we don't want to pay no studio mm-hmm. to have to record all that fucking music. So someone had to learn how to do it. And that was just me. And then I was like the hustler. So I just got all the equipment and shit mm-hmm. <laughs> by any means necessary. You know what <laughs> I mean? Whatever. Um, I l- the thing I love about that story is that it wasn't something that you were seeking out. It's something that like you happened to have received and you were just open to the possibilities of you know what it presented. You know what's crazy? Most of my, because I do a lot of shit. Like, if, if you know me, I do a lot of shit from producing, audio engineering. I write, I play the guitar, I rap, <laughs> I do videos, I edit, you know what I'm saying? Doing all this graphics, paint, draw, all this shit, right? Yeah. And it's all the same. Like, it blows your mind to think about it, but it, it's all the same, man. Like, art is just fucking art like i'm just starting to realize that you know there is no separation it's like if you're an artist you're just a fucking artist whatever you create is just what you create like it don't matter if it's visual or audio you know does that yes sound trippy you're still creating something where before there was nothing exactly yeah you know what i'm saying like i used to have to explain to people yeah i'm like audio engineer then i'm a graphic designer yeah you need special effects on a video i could do that Mm -hmm. yeah and i can edit well you need a beat i can i can make that too uh, you want an audio engineer for performances? Yeah, yeah, I could do it. I used to have to do like all that shit, and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it, bro. I'm an artist, yo. Whatever, ke- whatever vibe you catch me on, that's what I am. Like right, right, right now, we're voice artists. That's what we're right, doing yeah. right now. Yeah, we're vocal artists, <laughs> right? But no, I think that that's actually a, a standout ability to just do so many different uh, things and to be able to approach them. Uh, with the same level of creativity. Like a lot of people spend their lives dabbling in a bunch of things um, and then never really being good at any of them. Yeah. Um, but to be able to do, be an artist and, and, and take your approach and, and still have your own specific like brand and your own specific yeah. signature on all the things you do is well, you, remarkable. You know what's funny? Thank you. I appreciate Ah, Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. My man. So... It's crazy because, like, I'll credit, you know, Steve Jobs in his book. You know, if you've read his book and shit, he talks about his acid trip that changed a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you. An acid trip changed my my view on everything. So I was taking a uh, Redwoods uh, forest vacation 
with some friends and it was raining that day and I took acid and this is after doing all this creative things and you know it, it's easy to get caught up in the service aspect of the creativity you know always working for someone mm-hmm. like always being the provider of the creativity but never the brand like and I mean the artist itself so when I took this acid trip man like I saw myself on stage and all these people looking at me and their eyes were just like man this motherfucker is touching my soul right now like Jesus Christ whatever he's saying right now and I've never at that time I'd never stepped on a stage before it was always producing engineering visual art all behind the scenes shit but when I took that trip it changed my fucking life I created two albums. I've been performing everywhere. Like I've shot five, six videos. I'm working on two projects right now that it's like taking all of that. It's like everything that I've been through is to create this entity where all of it could be of use. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I dabble in things. It's like I am those fucking things. Right. All of the pieces matter as well. Right. Like, right. I wouldn't be a good of a audio artist without the visuals. Like, bro, like when I try to make music and I don't draw that day, like it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to tell you, like if I want to make music, like I got to take my sketchbook out and I got to fucking sketch something like, or I just won't go about it. Right. It just, it's not even a part of me. Like when I'm writing words, if I'm not like, cause I love movies and scores and shit. If I'm not thinking about what picture that paints for somebody, like I'm not doing my job, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. Yeah, I'm drinking a forty. <laughs> by the way, Corona. Um, but I I like the idea of being able to take inspiration from a lot of different different places, like and also being able to kind of take this idea and run with it. Like I um I don't know if I've told this story on the air. But like mm-hmm. how I got into voiceover is when I was in college, because um, it didn't even strike me as a way, like a, a venue. As I said, I was like creativity, pa 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 pa. So I was studying <laughs> biology at the time, um, and this guy, uh, I was an science RA. Science of life. Kind of. Well, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. It no, was, I respect scientists like, so much, man. Like, well, I realized later key. that I liked psychology and I liked biology because it fed into my enjoyment of like writing and, and sci-fi. Right. I was like, like even in those biology classes, I was like, Ooh, AIDS would make a really good like story in terms of like how it works inside the body. Like a, like a more serious osmosis Jones. Um, (laughs) Like like if you could know how the mind works and how the actual science behind life works, then you could write anything. It, It makes sense. Right. And so like I ended up, um, we were busting this dude cause he was real drunk. Um, and the Cheers officer was trying to figure out like how drunk he was. And so he's like, mm. what, what month is it? And he's like, oh, man, you marry. Um, and then he's like, what's your major? And he's like, oh, it's radio and television. Cause I want to do voiceover. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Here's a gentleman I can learn from. <laughs> well, it was that's it the was... best story of how I found out what I want to be. Well, yeah, because like who is this I, beautiful drunken prophet? He was just a dude. He was just, just some dude. dude. Shout out to dude. Um, and then I was like, maybe I'll look into this. And so I did my own research. I didn't just be like, this dude knows where it's at. 
the reason he's drunk is he can't he handle his the mom. burden. He of call his mom, mom. I'm quitting. I'm quitting my major. I'm calling a voice acting. A drunk guy told me to. Yeah. Your mom's like, yeah, that drunk man ain't paying your bills. You stay in biology. You become a doctor, motherfucker. Uh, no, but like that is it essentially just that moment sent me on a different path. And so like, I love the idea of being open to like, I'm not a, I'm not a religious or, or like big spiritual person, but like, so the idea of being like listening to what the universe is telling you, um, but you know, what's crazy though, that is spirituality, man. Like being creative, you wanting to be a voice like art so spirituality like faith like not going too deep right but it'll make you do the the structure the structure of your life is based based off of your faith like if christians buddhism uh islam whatever you believe it then structures and paths the direction of your life creativity is the same because you have to be willing to fight for what you believe in against the oppression and the uh persecution of others Mm -hmm. and the disbelief and haters and all that shit financial fucking struggles like you have to go through all that just to reach a point that we're all like ah we made it guess what that is to spirit to spiritual people or religious people that's fucking heaven right it's the promise that's land. your that's the promised land we we as creators have a fucking promised land so we're going for that man cause this is spirituality bro being creative is a fucking religion right, right and man. you need to hold on to that faith so as well rap. because because right we we all are aware on some level that there the chance exists that we won't get to that promised land, you know, like a lot of people don't. So you need that. You need that faith, that spirituality, as you put it, to continue to get up every day and struggle against that adversity. You know what, you know, it really changed my life and speaking on like, um, you know, adversity in this creative field. It's like, um, one video that changed my life was, uh, uh, Will Smith's, um, Will's wisdom was on YouTube, right? It's an amazing video. Will Smith, Will's Wisdom, look that shit up. But he says in that video, he said, I saw this video like seven, eight years ago, and I've been in California for six years. Doesn't much have changed me. I left Philadelphia and brought my ass here. He was like, there's no room for a plan B. He said, if there's a plan B, then it's distracting you from plan A. Like if mm-hmm. and if you think about stories in history to where like that old tale of uh, the general leading his army over um, over a bridge to an unsurmountable like battle, like one that he was not going <laughs> shouldn't have won number wise. Then he burnt the fucking bridge behind him. And he said, now we go forward and it's either we win or we die. Right. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just as simple as it is. It's like everyone has that story if you look at anyone's fucking success story they have that moment where they're like yo i'm gonna die for this shit Mm -hmm. like i was homeless like that's everyone's story bro everyone oprah like tyler perry like jk rowling's like everyone had this i mean unless you're silver spooned i i say it's important to know this this is one this is a, a fact it's important to know this whether you you're a silver spooned or you have to fucking work for everything that you get it's important to know that because mm-hmm. if you're silver spoon and you have all the connections, your family's connected, you have money, you know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. You're silver spoon. Like you got it. But if you have to work for everything, know that the fuck now and just work. Mm-hmm. 
you stop complaining and just work for everything that you get. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. But I'm waiting for my silver spoon to come. <laughs> like I'm just waiting Man. for me to just be routing through my my drawer in my kitchen yeah. and be like, oh shit, here it is. And then as it's soon as I pick silver. it up, people start calling me and being like, yo, hey bro, you want all the work? No. Um, my <laughs> uncle is the head of Ms. Mr. Disney and wants uh, you to be all the people. Aren't we all wait, waiting for that? <laughs> Just like, but you know, that comes from like, there's a tons of like statements or like quotes about being, you know, prepared, like how luck is preparation plus hard work. And, you know, it's never luck. Like people think like people get lucky. It's like, no, <laughs> like you've worked hard. You do everything that you can. And then the universe blesses you. I'm sorry, like not to get too cosmic, but there is a science between cause and reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a science to it. If you wake up and you get your ass out and you say, I'm going to go make some money today, you're going to make some money today. If you say, I'm going to sit my ass here, ain't no money going to come to you. You right. feel it? Like yeah. it's, there's an energy to doing. And if you don't do, it just shit won't happen. I think a lot of creatives, they get into this whimpering, times where they're just like oh no one's calling me i'm not getting this and then they don't self-reflect and be like oh well what the fuck could i have done right to book more or right right. self-reflection but also self-generating because a lot of creatives right we live in los angeles a lot of people are stuck in an unfortunate position of waiting for somebody else to give them permission to go work yep so it becomes incumbent upon you to try and figure out, okay, I can either sit here and wait for that permission yep. and hope it comes, hope like Tari, like you were just saying, hope I magically find the silver spoon yeah, in the drawer right. or what what can I do? How can I create my own opportunities, right? How can I take what I know? How can I take what the people around me know? How can right. we pool our resources into something so we're not just waiting around, which is what I think is super cool about yeah. something like the People's Collective, For sure. which I, we want to talk about a little bit. Yeah. And I, I guess my first question is how did... How did People's Collective start? Where what ha- where was the where was that kernel and how did it blossom into a beautiful so, fluffy piece of popcorn? So like back in the day, and I have it like tatted on my arm. Um, I created a company called Average Joe's Music Group, and it was heavily inspired by like Dodgeball and the Average Joe's team and Dodgeball about people coming together, different backgrounds, not necessarily the strongest of individuals, but when they came together as a team, they became this fighting force, right? And uh, so shout out to all the Philly listeners, because if you ever go past Broad and Glenwood above a spring chicken Chinese store on the third floor, you could still see the Average Joe logo in the window, vinyl decaled on the window. Third story, Broad and Glenwood. Yeah. So <laughs> that's really cool to me. But um, I've always had this idea, man, like friends have always been very important to me. And like I've always had creative friends and you know, we always just tried to get it together. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, when are we going to actually come together and uh, make it official that we need to, you know, get this content and we can provide a service. Like all of us are so fucking talented that it's like, we can provide a better service. I'm sorry to sound cocky, man, but like, I really believe in our, uh, our talents. I mean, it's not cocky in that it's that's that's the pitch is like that's what is supposed to make you stand out is that you each bring the top tier amount of service and so you can provide a better experience. A very, very wise man named Kid Rock once said, they say I'm cocky and I say what? It ain't bragging, motherfucker, if you're backing up. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's 100 percent. 
that's 100 percent. and it's like the i think also the desire to to get it done and to get it there all right like prime example right like i think what's more valuable than a person who um tries to know every single answer because that's that's impossible it's impossible just to know every answer i would rather a motherfucker who's willing to go through anything to get that fucking answer you feel what i'm saying like if i ask you a question you're just like i don't know i don't i don't fuck with you if you're a person that's like "Mm, give me five minutes and i promise you i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna have an answer for you like that's the type of people who i want to fuck with and that's really what I started reaching out, and I got Malik and my homie Drake, who uh, he's a uh, got a master's in game development. Malik's background is in film, mine's is in audio. So I feel like there's a lot of teams out there, right, who have one type of expertise. Like maybe they're just film, maybe they're just audio. We are gaming, visuals, and audio. I can audio engineer, produce, mix anything. Uh, Malik and his team that he's gathered can visually create anything that we are looking for and if we want to make a fucking game we have a game developer Drake who has a master's in this shit man like I don't know nobody who got a master's so just hella respect on this guy having a master's in gaming what the fuck <laughs> I do not have a master's in gaming Tari do you have a master's in gaming I don't have gaming? a master's in shit you're, you're really hoping. I put in enough time for it but I don't know if <laughs> no my hope is that one day I'll open a drawer and a degree a master's in game development yeah. will be wrapped around right? my silver spoon that'd be nice and yeah. then people just start calling you up being like yeah. Lex, come bro, design our games uh, yeah I'm uh, I'm Sam Unreal Engine <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Yeah, it's the real Mister Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Um, so yeah, man, we just like came together and like I met Drake through work, and me and Malik, we've known each other for a long time since Philly, and um, we've always been friends. But this is the first time we've like been able to partner up and you know get some shit done. Yeah, how did uh, how did you and Malik meet? Malik McRae has so, been on the show a couple of times. Malik McRae, yeah. So me and Malik met. We had a mutual friend um, who I recorded in a studio, and Malik came in. He was just like, he was the videographer and just hanging out in the studio. And we clicked then, but at the time, man, I was I was so, so all over the place that I kind of didn't, you know, make the link of like, yo, we need to be friends. You know what I mean? So, like, um, a couple years later, rolled by, and uh, that mutual friend, you know, called me and was like, hey, Malik is going to, you know, be moving out there. Um, you know, do you mind like, you know, linking up with them and, you know, helping them, you know, meet some people or whatever like that. And I'm just like, oh, fucking course, man. Like I'm out here struggling and alone myself. I could use a fucking friend. You know what I'm saying? Especially somebody from the East Coast because there's something I'm sorry, but there's something real about east coast brothers man Mm. like we just get each other like if we don't fuck with you we don't fuck with you but if we do oh yeah we brethren you know what i'm saying and like that's kind of what it was like from day one we linked up and we're always looking out for each other and man it's been a crazy ride for both of us out here but we finally came together to put in some fucking work and it's been working man we got the people's collective mockumentary coming out soon yes it's a fucking show like if i had to compare it to anything just so you motherfuckers can get it it would be like curb your enthusiasm meets atlanta meets like 
what's the other shit, Malik? Arrested Development. There you go. He's not saying much, but he's back there, man. I see him creeping on me, motherfucker. But yeah, so he just keeps swiping at his neck, being like, "I don't exist. I've never existed." I don't exist. He's always like that. He's always like that. I love to fuck with him. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) So yeah, man, we got that, and it's all written and directed by Malik McRae, man. And it's like, it's funny, man. It's about us coming up in L.A. and it's it's. It's so relatable to anyone who's, number one, lived in L.A., but number two, everyone who's on this creative journey and all the crazy shit that we go through, man. Like, everything on the fucking show is real. Mm -hmm. It's all based off of real situations that we all have went through. And that's like, you know, I think it's important to see nowadays. Not too many people are writing shit like that and then, you know, branding ourselves as that, you know, that force you know we're not hiring actors you know what i mean well we're hiring a lot of actors but the core group is still us right which i think is powerful man you're about to see some chemistry man mm-hmm. <laughs> stay tuned um I, I like ventures like this because we were back when we were talking uh i think it was specifically to malik um about how uh <laughs> When you when you are out there trying to trying to hustle on your own, like it's it's real hard to just find people that you connect with and people are, who are on the same wavelength, especially in LA. Mm-hmm. Yes, and very much so. People who are on the same wavelength and who people will also keep that. their eye on the ball. Right. So real. People think that you're out here and you're in LA. Uh, you know, you guys from different places. Are you guys from California? Like, I'm not I'm from California. He's, He's from, California. from the East Coast. Right. So, right. I know Lex is from the East Coast. All right, like. It's just so weird being out here. Like you think you came out to uh, the central of everyone who wants to make it, and every cool people, every cool person in the world comes here, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you know what the real is. Yeah. I tell everybody this. I was like, there's two people who moved to LA. It's like all the cool people who are like outcasts and special and talented. Yeah, it's them. But it's all the douchebags, too. Mm-hmm. It's all the assholes from all around the country who just worry about money and, you know, the opposite sex and materialistic bullshit. And likes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of a PR type of guy, too. Likes likes matter. Likes, they, they do, like, they do likes, matter. Likes, comments, and subscribes matter and reviews. So y'all better be reviewing this shit as we speak. <laughs> Subscribe to Missing Outcast right now. Unless you're driving, and then you can take your time. But as soon as you stop, then you can do No, no, Very pull ch- over. No. <laughs> oh. yeah, um, yeah, pull over. I like that one. Because that's one of my pet peeves, guys. I hate fucking L.A drivers like as an east coast driver you motherfuckers out there drive me crazy i hope you all just like man i hope your car just doesn't start tomorrow and you're just one less asshole off the road <laughs> but not you you're great we love you please Yo, love like you. and subscribe if you're listening yeah but the person in your passenger seat the person in your passenger yeah, seat yeah, yeah. if you're if you're the one that turns with no blinkers if you're the the motherfucker who doesn't know what exit to get off of on the highway like i hate you yeah but 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 again like if you're driving in la not we don't mean you you're no. awesome you're the you're best awesome. driver yeah, yeah, look to your left or your that right guy yeah we're that talking guy. about that guy right, right. you know what's crazy if you do this right so a test for everyone who's driving right now i need you to look to the left of you to the right of you 
behind you. I guarantee you someone's on their fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> guarantee you. We mean that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that mean that person. one. Um, Unless he's also listening to our podcast, in which case we mean the guy behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pass it on, okay? <laughs> I just like to imagine everyone's listening at the same time. You see, you see just a bunch so of people. Like, around, they're, they're all around. doing syncopation and yeah. shit. Like, um, but, <laughs> but cycling back a little bit. Um, you guys are talking about how a bunch of garbage people like, and by when I say garbage people, I don't mean people who pick up garbage. I mean because they are respectable and they are awesome and they do in the Lord's work. Oh yeah, um, we need you. But I'm not doing people it. who are internally garbage move here, and so it gets very, um, it gets very selfish and and very self-serving in terms of the people that you meet and yeah. so things like people's collective allows you to be in an environment in which you're all being collaborative not because the other person in the room can get you somewhere but yeah. because you see the talent in them and you feel like it's it's either being underutilized or it can be utilized to do something great for sure um, and it's like it, you know we have all right, so I'm producing a project, a music album EP for Hugo LeFay that's coming out under the People's Collective, right? Um, and I mainly produced the whole album, but it's coming out under the People's Collective, but he has his own movement called Black Castle Society. So sh shout out to Black Castle Society, Hugo LeFay. Ow. So, like, it's not about just the People's Collective. It's about us coming together and getting your goal done. You feel what I'm saying? Like, if if you're someone who we see that has that that not giving up attitude that, you know, I'm going to do this, whether the fucking People's Collective or anyone else helps me with it or not. Like, that's the attitude, though, that's going to be like, all right, for sure. Yo, we need to let's let's work with this person, man. Like, you see that strive, man? Like, you see that? go? OK, yeah, you're going to do it, boy. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know what I'm saying? It's for that, because, like, I mean, there are a lot of people here in LA and all around the fucking country who talk a big game and aren't willing to do shit about it like you know like me and the homies talk about it all all the time because it's like a lot of the times I feel like I'm like a creative crutch for a lot of people mm -hmm. throughout a lot of years and it's just like what the fuck man like I, I wish there was someone I could call you know what I'm saying to be like hey bro can you mix a song for me can you make a beat for me can right. you like edit a video for me can you do this this is enough for me like when will people take it's about that's what i'm saying it's about taking that that strive and being like yo if i gotta learn how to fucking edit to get a video out then i'm gonna learn how to fucking edit if i gotta learn how to do graphics to make a cover for my latest single then i'm gonna do that and that's the kind of like thing that hugo lefay um, manifesto coming out soon people's collective probably like april something like that we're just vibing but <laughs> um you know that's that's what he has like my bro has been through a lot like he's also he has children he's been to jail he's learned a lot you know what i'm saying we we both have and it's like those experiences are, are what makes the story you feel what i'm saying and mm -hmm. um you know, it's something special, I think, when people come together off of the purity of wanting to create something special rather than being like, yo, we about to make this bread, man. You trying to make this money, yo? Because everybody talks that good shit, you know what I'm saying? You trying to make this bread? Niggas ain't got no money, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. like, But, yeah. Unless uh, making bread is your specific craft and you really love making oh, bread. Oh, yeah, if you like baking, baker. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. I got a homie who can make some bomb-ass jalapeno bread, like. 
yo, bring it next time you come. Release, release that bread <laughs> under the People's Collective. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people's Collective bread coming out 2020. <laughs> Just like bake the logo into the top of the loaf and whatnot. Yo, we want to do a lot of shit, man. Like, I'm really excited on what this can uh, become. Uh, we plan on shooting uh, our first two short films coming up soon. We have uh, reviews on Titans, the DC Universe show that just came out, as long as as well as uh, movie reviews. We're gonna do some on Game of Thrones, nice, and some crazy movies, man. But we we just got a whole lot of content, man, and we're just trying to like entertain people, like like. I see this being like a fucking network. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I miss those days where you would just like tune in to like one thing and they would deliver. Like you remember like the times when you just like turn on MTV and you just didn't want to fucking turn it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was like actually good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was actually entertaining for like eight hours straight. Yeah. That's kind of what I want this to be. How do people keep up with all the stuff that you guys are putting out? Um, so I would say, uh, YouTube, um, right now you can literally put in the people's collective and, uh, it should pop up in anything. Um, there's no hyphens, there's no nothing, just the people's collective, uh, Instagram is where we do a lot of our promotion, but if you want to see like video clips for our podcast and, you know, links to everything, go to our YouTube channel, man. We need you to subscribe, please. <laughs> and we have our People's Collective uh, podcast that we just released. So, yeah, Apple Podcast, that shit, and Podbean, that shit, now. I'll wait, but now. <laughs> pull, yeah. pull over. Because right. you're the best driver. And you're, you're the safe. best driver. See, we're promoting safe driving. I love right. this fucking show. All right. This ain't Outcast, <laughs> man. God damn it. I miss you. I love you guys. Hey, we love you too, man. Aw, shucks. Um, we are about out of time. Any last thoughts before we wrap up, guys? Anything about People's Collective? Anything about creativity and happiness or even man. just a fun anecdote? If I could just say something, I would say Gandhi. Gandhi had a good quote and it was like become the change you want to see in the world and i feel like that is the key i feel like if we show our children and we show others that through creativity we can reach a certain happiness that even though times might be hard we're still more fucking happy than working for the quotation marks man you know what i mean work for yourself live your own dream eq and the people's collective we love you man straight up if no one told you that today, we love you. You're fucking awesome. That's what I want to end with. Nice. I want to be the quotation marks man. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. I, I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just why the quotations sound like a gun. Because <laughs> you got to cock them, baby. You, you got to cock them quotation marks. <laughs> Shooting out that knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, man. Thank you guys, too, for having me on, man. Of course. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, Where can people find you if they're just looking for you? Uh, If you're only looking for me, you can search at only the number one EQ. So it's like the actual number one, not the words number one. At only one EQ. And I just started a new page. It's called Vibes Solo. And that's something to go into a little bit deeper, but it's basically the alter ego of EQ. I'm totally erasing my government name Uh and giving my alias an alias and this guy (laughs) is going to be fucking weird he's gonna watch (laughs) out from some for some music from him he's coming out with an album called infinite saturdays Ooh, he's your childish gambino vibes solo 
Infinite Saturdays. It's coming out, man. It's going to be fucking weird. You're going to be on a trip. Nice. So, yeah. People's Collective, EQ. <laughs> All right. We'll put the link down in the description. Yes. What about you, Lex? Where can people find you if they love you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. The awesome. Lex Michaels. You can find me at Tari J, T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. But we all know you're looking for this podcast, which is Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. And we're available on all the platforms in which you take in podcasts. So if you're the person in the passenger seat and you're like, where the fuck can I get this? We're on Stitcher and and Spotify, uh, Apple Store, Google Play Store. Uh, did I already say Spotify? Because that's where I like to listen to my I podcast. I need you to subscribe to everything on everything, okay? <laughs> yeah, just whip right out now. your phone and just start subscribing. Take someone's um, phone right now and just you do it for them. <laughs> I would also like to add that you can follow the People's Collective at the.peoples.collective <laughs> on Instagram. And since I'm on the, on the air now, yes. it's also Spike Leak. That's Spike Lee with a K at the end. So... Good to see you guys. It's a cameo, Malik McRae cameo appearance on this podcast. We have, we have just been blessed by the God. Spike Lee. This shit is going to go viral now. I'm not here, though. I'm not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, didn't, he doesn't exist. He's a figment of all of our imagination. He's a ghost. Oh, geez. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you again for coming, EQ. This has been a very fun conversation. Um, very enlightening. Um, guys, we will see you next week. Uh, this has been the retrospective that's introspective. And now you've got a new perspective. Damn! Boom! Alright, bye. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is pure editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.